What is up, everybody? Welcome to NFTs in the Arena. You're with your hosts, Mike and John. Uh, another week, another another week of a lot going on in the crypto and NFT world, John. Um, I've been reading quite a lot of articles of late. Um, got some cool things that I wanted to cover up today and obviously share with our audience. But first of all, how are you doing, man? How's the week going? Yo, what's happening, dude? Yeah, I'm, I'm super cool. How's it, everybody? Yeah, guys. What's up? <laughs> all right. So before we get into it, can everyone please like, share and subscribe to our YouTube channel? Um, we're growing week on week. And yeah, it's super exciting things that we're going on. And I think Jonathan and I are coming to the swing of things be after the next 50 years gary b could say you can become really reputable so jono the latest nft news that i wanted to talk about and it's something that i'm kind of envious of and i'll explain to you why i'm envious of it and we'll go back into that whole um reason as to why i am envious about this particular topic but i'll explain to you what it's about so there's an article that I read and the author was the gentleman by the name of Frederick Volt, and he was talking about how NFT play to earn gaming is the most popular in India, Hong Kong and the United Arab Emirates. So basically we could buy Katois after a survey that they had done. And I started reading into this and trying to understand what the NFT play to earn was, but it's essentially what it, what it says. Kids are playing these games that is utilizing this NFT technology and the likes in order to test games, whatever it may be, but they're getting remunerated for this. And I know that people have been getting paid to test games for many years, but the reason why I'm envious of it is because I think when we were growing up, we didn't have that opportunity, which it would have been relatively cool. And it speaks to the conversation we had, I think last week about how well, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but how the modern day teenager or kid has the opportunity to start a business from their bedroom, right? And now kids have been able to earn money from playing games. But the thing that um, piqued my interest was that it, it's in these developing countries like India and Hong Kong, but obviously the UAE is pretty developed. But then you dive deeper and you actually try and understand which countries are adopting this and they basically said that uh, countries like Cambodia, Vietnam, Philippines, Malaysia, Brazil, the adoption rates are relatively higher than other countries dude, which is interesting. First of all, that they have access to the internet and can play on these, these games and earn these monies, but essentially that these countries are finding the people and the kids are finding ways to generate money for their families. And I thought this is a great argument or a great point to start on as to why technology and NFTs in particular, because this is what the podcast is about, is going to change the way the world works in so many different facets. And last week we spoke about holiday destinations and the ability to buy and sell perhaps timeshare of some nature and to transact with people. And now like we're looking at the gaming world, which has obviously been spearheading the technology space for quite some time. But like the idea of people now generating revenue in these, these countries is incredibly interesting. And I mean, what is your take on this? Like living in South Africa, do you see this something as something that could happen there, knowing the background and 
the way the general societal um, issues that are played out now? Do you think something like this is possible? Or just generally, what's your take on it? Well, look, um, I think the, 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 main, the main raw material there is, is time. So if you were to look at people uh, that are in, in a, uh, a third world country, most of them may have a lot more time because perhaps they're unemployed, they're looking for work, or they're just yeah, sitting around. So there's an opportunity for them to, to make use of that time to play these games and actually find some form of funding through it. So it's, I, I, I see it as um, a top-down approach to try and mitigate uh, poverty at a, at a global level. For instance, if, if, if a whole country uh, really is suffering from, from dire poverty, you know, were you to place that, that country on, a, on, on, on a, an NFT platform that allows them to earn income through, through supporting that interface or that protocol through playing a game, um, I see that as, as quite, a, quite a very benefit solution you know, for the future. And yeah, but so just before you go on there, I think it speaks to your point, just to add a bit more um, information, is that in the survey that they actually ran, I think they said majority, if, if not all, are below the ages of 35, which speaks to your point where it's not only really young kids that are 13, 14 generating this money, it's guys that perhaps cannot get employment, like you're saying, guys that are our age guys are a bit younger and it's almost it's so weird to think about is like these guys are trying to create a life for themselves by playing these games which is going to be utilized by people that can afford these games right mm -hmm. it's, it's yes. a kind of interesting dynamic right yes but yes. Then, then i suppose on the other end of that spectrum some would argue that these guys are generating this money in order to fend for their families and actually not, they don't care about playing those games, but do that. It's just a, such, it's obviously a very interesting conversation, but I like the idea of like I was saying, NFC gaming and how it's looking at these age groups exclusively, like between the ages of, I think 18 to 34 year olds, it were Singaporean people, 35% of the, of the population. It's, it's interesting. And what I like about it is that it goes against the argument of what people were saying about NFTs and the whole hype around it, that it's a bubble. Mm. Because what's coming out of this, if it, if it was a bubble, it's already popped that bubble, right? And now what's coming out of it is all the, the, the guys that are, have the, the will and the means and the patience to create these technologies for industries to, to leverage and develop further. It's like, I believe that we, we're following the same trajectory and obviously in a somewhat different manner where the phone book was digitized. Mm. That mm. kind of thing, like taking mm. stuff from paper-based stuff and making it digital. Now we're yeah. moving into that next generation by taking stuck static and um, the likes kind of media and content and creating something so much better that can be utilized with utility and it's non-fungible. Mm. It's super exciting when you think about it. I think so too, dude. And I, I believe we're still in a proof of, of concept phase, which with NFTs, it's just getting the, 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 the consumer to understand the protocol of blockchain and how to 
how to make use of it. And yes, there are a lot of problems that, that, that a lot of um, companies and brands are facing in this space. And this is much like web one, web two, where there's a process of building towards the solution. And NFT as a whole is definitely a global solution as, as a social truth, at least, you know, like we, we, we in a position where we can now convey trust at a very, a very binary level. And I, I do believe this, this is fundamental to our next step as sapiens. Yeah, I mean, in, in saying that, like, what do you think is the next step? Well, look, I, you see, like, I was watching this, this chat with Gary V and Mark Cuban, and no one really knows what's the next step. <laughs> People are, mm. are just working towards their vision. For instance, one, um, like, Matic, Matic's a chain that's trying to compete with Ethereum and provide a, a solution with low gas fees, etc., and much like Pulse Chain, which I'm, mm. I'm more I'm more invested in Pulse Chain, but Matic is obviously a, a running chain currently. Uh, so that's just a that's just the, the space of competitiveness, which is going to excel uh, the the technology in each chain. It's much like uh, we're we're having this chat about skateboarders in South Africa versus Americans, and it's. I believe that the quality of a skateboarder is, is, is determined by his surroundings. You know, if, if, if you're going to be the best guy or the best girl at the skate park, there's not much room for growth because you're not challenging yourself. People are, are, are giving you all the affirmation. You're not finding any scrutiny. You're not finding any failure. And I believe that's what pushes people to the, to excel as this competition and, with more and more noise happening in the space, more and more people are gonna do cool things. And then the next person wants to do something even better. And that's what's gonna excel and push the space with this proof of concept time right now. It's just allowing the, the general public to understand that this is something we can trust. Yeah, so, and touching on trust, we obviously um, captured that in last week's conversation on how obviously Generation Z and Millennials are somewhat more skeptical to mm, mm, potentially mm. invest in the stock market and might side for crypto. I mean, there's no facts around that. I don't, don't think we, we found mm. that, but I think it's a valid, a valid conversation to talk about. And, and no, but like I want to touch on that Gen Z thing, because I, I, I've been reading that BuzzFeed is struggling to try and uh, portray news to this generation. And I find that this is gonna be something that's gonna be prevalent along uh, most, most organizations that are trying to appeal to the Gen Z market. And if you look at it uh, inherently, they, they, they're quite um, involved with gaming. And the way you convey messaging and marketing is gonna be instilled in that kind of um, concept, let's put it that way, the short, short attention span uh, culture is, is where, where, where this, this NFT uh, rise is really going to be paramount is is appealing to that market you know per se because they're going to be a lot more uh, open to to trying this this new technology as as a, a way of life let's put it that way but like is you when you're saying that dude mm. also something that i think is worthy of covering here because you, you kind of touched on progression of society and culture right mm. and i mean a lot of people would argue that 
the world has become soft in the sense that people take offense to the most simplest of things and also people feel like they can they can talk without being held accountable mm, mm, mm. there's various things around that like mike tyson joe rogan trying to cancel him dave chappelle and with this cancel culture mm, mm. and you think to yourselves with nfts the people that are creating and forming part of this culture you would believe are the ones that are going to be the next generation that is driving and pioneering this technology. Mm. I wonder how things like that impact the, the innovation where people are reluctant to perhaps introduce a certain kind of product or technology because it may offend people in some way, shape or form, whatever that may be. I don't know mm -hmm. what it is, but the way in which culture and society will shape the progression of of technological innovation will be super interesting to actually um, comprehend. Mm -hmm. That is that is a, a very valid uh, point there, dude. That like global consensus, you know, because with blockchain being so authenticated, uh, the way we reach consensus will be perhaps communal, much like how things are right now. People are going to develop communities in this ecosystem. There's going to be the Ethereum folk. There's going to be the Matic peeps. And, and I do believe that's the future of, of community, much like what we see countries like today. We're going to look at countries as USA, South Africa. I think the future will be Hexicans, um, Maticans, or whatever. Really? Wait, have, I, you, have you read something on that, dude? I no, mean, I'd, no, I'd no. Love to actually, I, is, I, is that, so do you think it's going to become a, like a geographical thing? Yeah, so I, I, I believe people that are, are interested in, for instance, Hex and they develop their life around it will want to be around people that are much like that. So perhaps a Richard Hart will eventually invest in a space like or, or just the organization as a whole. This is not a short term thing, uh, uh, like just countries, like how we see countries today based on parliament, I, I believe the future leaders of the world will be based on how they've created their 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 blockchain community because if you think yeah, about it if you have 40 million people uh, supporting your <laughs> you know your brand if you have a, a, a token or even millions more and you've made them all affluent or some to some extent quite financially sought dude that's a lot of power you know what i mean as a whole you could ask each person to put 100 thousand dollars together and you can literally go and perhaps buy ukraine <laughs> do you get what i'm trying to say there's a different kind of movement and potential movement of energy in the long term and how the yeah, systems and, uh, work and uh, uh, what you're describing now is essentially this DAO, the decentralized yes. autonomous organization and you might see communities first shape up around this. Yeah. But you do get certain communities in certain areas of certain countries, not only here in the United States, certain parts, maybe in South Africa, where it's very Afrikaans in a, in a particular kind of area where they kind of have a stronghold and run it as they, mm. as they like. Mm. Like there's other countries around the world that do something similar to that, where they prefer to live on their own terms and they have a general consensus amongst the community where they don't have to adhere to the higher powers mm. of government and form part of this bureaucratic lifestyle and i do believe that the communities that are forming in these discords that are, that are forming outside of 
the, the stereotypical way in which people communicate, transact, and actually share for the greater good. These kind of things are going to sprout out in ways, like you say, and I don't think it'll get to the extent of a country, maybe over time, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. why not talk about it, dude? I mean, Mm -hmm. this is the point. It is super cool just to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you start thinking, what countries form a, uh, like, become allies based on the technology in which they've, they've utilized as their main form of technology, um, that their, their services mm-hmm. are built on, right? And uh, there's one thing that I wanted to speak about, talking about how, how culture, how modern day society is shaping the way in which technology is being shaped. For the good or the bad, no one really knows, right? Everyone mm-hmm. thinks that for, for one good is too bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously quite a, a heated topic. But when you think of like countries like North Korea, China, uh russia like very authoritarian and they basically control a lot the media what can go out and the likes i mean it's obviously so what so so relevant now to what's going on Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. particularly the the continued demise of north korea and the stories that are coming out of there and then what's going on in russia now and the people not even believing that there's propaganda in their country dude it's it's insane but then you start to think to yourself are they saying that because they're scared of the repercussions if they have to admit that they believe there's um propaganda mm-hmm. although this is this got nothing to do with nfts what i'm saying is blockchain technology was built to create a sharing economy in which people can transact freely where everything's visible where nothing can be effectively duplicated or stolen from someone right this was Mm. like the whole i remember learning about blockchain a few years ago and now it's become a different kind of beast of course but now if countries that apply authoritarian nature and have full control how do they implement the blockchain technology which is essentially designed to go against what they actually um represent and they'll of course find a way to manipulate that yeah but it's, it's it's such a a contradictory thing if you think about it it is it is and uh, fortunately that's that's only uh dependent on um that dude's term so eventually he's gonna fade away his time's gonna carry well, on will he do will he putin's been around for like 20 years and whoever takes over him and then the chinese guys the same kind of thing well look that's so, that's that's the advantage or or should i say the potential advantage is that if the new person takes over, it's easier to perhaps um, convey that message to that individual opposed to someone that's already been in power for so long. Like a baby boomer is going to think a certain way. So I think the next person in, 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 in who's it, Lu Tong Wung or whatever, that North Korea position is going to be a, a millennial. It can't be a baby boomer. It's impossible unless it's a, the dude's going to, or the chickie is going to pass away five years from then. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to get a, a new young blood in eventually, because that's going to happen. Not in a they, country like North Korea. Maybe in a country like Russia, I would say, or China. Has yeah, more. look. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's we, say, we're talking about crazy lines here, which is super funny, to be no, honest. No, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, if that guy passes away, bro, in 15 years from now. You know what I mean? Like he's maybe his 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 son takes over, but is the son just as bad? We don't know. So there's the yeah. there's the potential advantage. Is is it's difficult to say. 
Maybe there's a regime, maybe there's asylum. It's easier to, to, to fortify asylums with blockchain. You know what I mean? You could literally sign up the whole of North Korea onto a, a, a protocol and literally can provide them space throughout the globe through the form of NFTs. <laughs> if that were to be an option, you know, hypothetically. Like, I don't think a lot of people know what's happening over there. Hence why no one really wants to get involved. But I do see blockchain being a solution to something like that, even though they're opposed to it, you know, indirectly. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. But I mean, we, we went off on so much of a tangent. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely went into like geopolitical with a, yes. A, yes, yes. a splash of some technologies. <laughs> so, everyone that's watching. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. There was one more thing I wanted to talk about. And, there was, yeah, there was, <laughs> there was one, one more thing I wanted to talk about uh, before we end off was that there was obviously with this explosion of NFTs and these projects and these collections, there's been a mad amount of hackers and fraudulent mm -hmm. stuff going on, people being um, scammed and so on. And there was a guy with like the, the term of the, or the title of the article is um, labeled as hacker tastes own medicine as community gets back stolen NFTs. Yeah. And they kind of talk about how it all started on a Discord channel. And the hack of a cross-chain gaming development studio on uncharted NFTs, what they say, were scammers that managed to drain 109 users' wallets. See, this is where it speaks about the trust. And you would think where technology is now and the ability that these scammers are having or mm. possess to, to hack is it's worrying, right? Because it, yeah. it goes back to something that we spoke about previously, where people have put their life savings into crypto. Mm. That gets stolen. What happens then, man? Yeah. Yeah. We all know that that's, that's, that's a very uh, scary topic. So anyway, the scammers got away with 150 plus Solana tokens and 25 world Solana um, tokens. They're all NFTs. They're called WOS and a collection of 2,222 unique um, heroines is what they say. Anyway, a significant amount of entities were stolen and a large amount of money. And these, this community managed to band together and almost fool the scammers and managed to, what did they say? They, they, they got the scammer out by essentially putting the non-fungible tokens that were common at a peak of the NFT boom. And they were saying that they overpriced it, these guys listed it, and then everyone bought it and then they undervalued it in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't actually understand the true thing that they're saying here because I have half the article. Yes. So allow me to read, you know, when you try to read past the article, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it's super funny because what I'm saying is it goes to our conversation around community and how people had to band together. But mm -hmm. this, this is the beauty of what's going on. And that's obviously the, the dark side of what's going on. Yes. And it's almost like the yin and yang that's kind of happening. But it's such a cool thing to, to, to learn about how could this community banded together to almost mm -hmm. uh, scam the scammers. So there's a, there's a cool story to end off with, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, look, I think that's, that's amazing. Vigilante style, dude.
Yeah, it is like vigilantism, right? Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on a digital, digital non-fungible way. Yes, it's, it's super cool, man. And I think it's, it's people will definitely try and find the solution internally if you've lost so much money as a group. So yeah, that's awesome. And I like you mentioned, there is potential for this, the cyber hacks and all this type of stuff. Um, but there's also uh, perhaps uh, flaws in the code. And this is where through trial and tribulation, we as a community or as, as, as a global unit will eventually be able to, to solve those, those, those back-end issues. Um, cyber security is a huge thing right now. Especially in oh, it's massive. It's <laughs> massive, man. It's huge, I, actually have a fr- I actually have a friend uh, that I've met you from Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Uh, his name's Usman. And he has a company that does cybersecurity for Cisco. Okay. Cisco's huge, dude. And I mean, like, he's constantly busy. I can only imagine the amount of money that that industry is generating. I know large organizations are, it's, it's probably one of their top investment budgets when it comes to the technological um, mm. security. Yeah. I mean, we saw with Maersk in 2017 when they had the cyber attack, it crippled the, the whole transportation industry because they mm. own a lot of um, terminals, a lot of the vessels in which the containers were on. Everything was completely erect and they put the company down on for a few weeks, costing hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Now the ability to tap into something that is valid on a cryptocurrency on Ethereum and stealing that Ethereum so much more easier and it's more difficult to be traced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the defense of, or should I say, trying to solve it is a lot more difficult than, for instance, in this day, in reality. Um, this is yeah. why the way people create chains and the way they they code around bridges and all these facets that pop off the the, the main blockchain that's where the the scrutiny lies that's the weak point so we will need to as 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 developers and whatever solve that do that right uh, spend more time on, on on getting the code right rather than trying to get to market and, and push hype uh, rather focus on longevity and this is what's one of the, the the key reasons I'm a Cardano investor is because of that, like just doing it right from get go. Yeah. Uh, Charles Hoskinson doesn't give a crap about <laughs> hype and you know price action and all this. He wants the code to work, and that's inherently what matters. And he focuses on that. And much like Richard Hart, the difference with Richard Hart is just one of those effortless, effortless guys, bro. He just gets things. <laughs> like perfect first try kind of kind of aspect let's put it that way so yeah i do see that being the 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 future of of trying to mitigate cyber hacks is just putting a lot more time and effort in in making the code work and have no back-end issues let's put it that way or should i say gaps for people to actually tap into and and, and drain uses wallets it's not cool no dude wow. it's, it's it's actually it's frightening when you think about mm. it because you generally do not know who to talk to to actually ask where to start like if you if your money gets stolen from a bank it's quite obvious what you have to do 
mm. on the back of your card or it's, yeah, it's on the internet. So yeah. it is something that I think a, a lot of skepticism will remain until there's, they're going to have to, they're going to have to put laws and policies in place and they are really starting to do that. Mm. And there has to be government because if it's not government, it's going to be the wild west, right? Mm. And whether you like it or not, I mean, when I say government, I say it very loosely. I mean, I don't mm. mean to the point of what the current financial system is, because that's the intention of this. I'm just saying more security measures in place whilst they, people actually learn how to actually transact and safe, safe keep their money, mm. because it could become a significant issue. But having said say that, Jono, we've come mm. to the end. Amazing. Episode 7, done. Boom. <laughs> um, everybody, thank you for listening to Jono and I. I know today we went on a, a quite an actually funny tangent, but anyway, we we grow and we learn in. Come along with us on this journey. Please like and subscribe to our channel. Please like the video and yeah, look forward to seeing you next week, Jono. Um, any closing remarks as we always do? <laughs> of course, brother. You know what? The only benefit of technology is when it benefits the people. There you go, dude. Much love. And having said that, over and out.